0: Welcome to Carrots and Suffering. I am Nate, your Dungeon Master, and this is episode 6060, folks. That is like a really bad workaholic's work schedule worth of publishing content. Crazy how much editing goes into getting an hour of workable tape here. Podcasting, it's a crazy fun medium, but it is a job, and we do it after our regular jobs. Luckily, we have spaced this out over two years. I am so honored that you are here with us to this point. I don't know what we'll do after this campaign arc is over, and I think we're nearing its conclusion, but we have really appreciated your company. Uh, It makes what we do fun, and uh, this is really a unique and interesting thing we've never really attempted before. Okay. Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Sylva tells her suitor, Byron Mason, that a fetch has been impersonating him, and his reputation is ruined and his life possibly in danger. But Byron is a smart man. He starts to nervously twitch his fingers in his lap, and he says, Okay, I can do this. Hold on. Give me a minute. And he just breathes, and he says, I know exactly what we need to do. I just need a hero. Jessica Evans, Jalen's sister, marries Iris Lunari, Sylph's cousin, and they throw the kind of wedding that only they would throw. Jessica is wearing a tattered, destroyed, blood-dripped, white wedding dress. She's got two black eyes and probably a broken nose, and is very excited to take all comers. And that's what you walk into. There's booze everywhere. In dramatic fashion, Sable manages to touch Yennefer Varathy's lost heart to Yennefer. She got the heart from her father, the fairy Heartrender, and Yennefer is reverted back to a full-fledged human. Give me a sleight of hand roll. God
1: damn it, I hate sleight of hand. Fable missed her calling as a thief. Yeah, she did.
2: She did miss her calling as a thief. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I will give
0: you advantage because you have waited for an opportune moment.
2: Uh, let's see. 23. Ah, yes! (laughs) First one was a 6, but the second one was a 19.
0: Nice. Missed your calling. You quickly pull a heart out and touch it to her. Jennifer reveals the Fairy Queen's ultimate motive and says she's about to move her ancient plan forward any day now. What I do know is that she's not going to stop until she has brought all of Fenrir into her kingdom. Humans can't live there. It's too painful. Jalen unexpectedly makes contact with the Fairy Queen and strikes a deal to save her father from failing to deliver on the terms of his current deal. For a seemingly light price tag.
3: There are... Six mason vampires who are dead now, and you gave the hound three targets for his deal. Can those six count?
0: You see her rubber face.
3: And was trying to be the right amount
0: of polite but not kissing her ass. And the Rat King next to you says, She wants to know how interested you are in being a fairy or being a human.
2: There's one thing I would have done at the Lunaris once I got there, and that is pretty much the same thing that I did at the Masons, which is offer a bit of honey for somebody to get whistles and make sure that he shows up.
0: Whistles will show up.
2: I don't know if I'm going to need to make a deal immediately, but I want him around just in case.
0: He shows up and appears and says, hey, you know that deal we had where you give me honey and I give you information on Lorelei? Yeah. This would be a really great time for that.
2: Oh, great. Here.
0: He takes a big finger full of honey Mm -hmm. and like licks it off his finger and says yep she took the pact
2: yeah i assumed that she would
0: no like the whole enchilada like
2: the whole enchilada you offered me
0: oh yeah yeah (laughs) she went all in
2: (sighs) okay good to know is she what can she do now can you tell me
0: uh she's got a lot of magic all of a sudden so comparable to you probably in terms of her ability to turn out power just not as flexible.
2: Okay, good to know. Anyway, I just thought you should know
0: that she is beholden to the Fairy Queen uh, at the moment, and full-fledged agent, definitely, definitely looking out for her best interests.
2: Mmm, that's important. Are your trumpeters required to be with you at all times?
0: Well, I can fly just a little faster than them, because I'm not carrying a trumpet, so they'll be here momentarily.
2: Okay, could I send them off on something? E- Probably not. I've got a lot more honey. Yeah, you'll
0: see if they'll buy it.
2: Okay. I just want somebody to watch Lorelai and report to me.
0: So the two trumpeters will show up and they, they stay invisible, but you can tell they've shown up because you hear tiny huffing and puffing as they catch up. Hey. And then they stop and pull up the trumpets. I sing. Just... <laughs> <Announcing>. Where's <sighs> <Wizard. laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks. <laughs> I don't suppose you'd like to go watch someone else. I say as I pick up a honeycomb.
0: Roll me persuasion.
2: Oh no, that did not go well at all. That would be a seven.
0: One of them huffs out. No, uh, we have to stay with the Herald. It's our only job. You could help me find
2: somebody else to watch someone. That'd be worth sure. A click this much. Yeah, okay.
0: And they <laughs> blow on the trumpet really hard, and you hear this ear piercing screech. You could probably hear from a half block away. <laughs> And eventually there's more wings.
2: All right. I'm going to pick up a little honeycomb and I'll say this to the Fae who can watch Lorelai and bring me a report by nightfall.
0: It grabs it. Again, it stays invisible and it says, yes, ma'am. Back over at House Lunari, the masons have gathered. Probably the dining hall is the room that's big enough for this meeting. And the heads of the Lunaris have gathered there. Vanessa is away at court, so she's not here. Hanzo is with her, so he's not here. But Melise, Cora, and Gina are, along with Meg, Byron, and Lord and Lady Mason.
1: Sylpha would have given Cora a heads up that there would be a family meeting called and that Cora might have the spotlight for a moment, so she would have helped her choose something
0: appropriate to wear for the occasion. Yeah. She's wearing her nicest outfit, which is still not as nice as nobles wear, but she hopes to fix that soon. It's probably the same outfit she wore the night she was dancing with Sable.
1: Silpha will take the lead in initiating the meeting and begin by announcing, As I'm sure everyone has heard by now, last night was eventful. We are living in a time of change, and I would like to use this opportunity to present to you the results of the investment that I
0: asked you to make just a week ago. You see the room nod.
1: I am also here to fulfill the end of my part of our agreement. Cora, come forward.
0: Cora will step forward, wearing her nice dress. And
1: Sylpha will lay out the necklace, which is complete except for the fact that the silver plates have not been sculpted with their designs, and Silpha has transmuted them into stone. And she is going to do more magic. She sets out little clay imprints of the original necklace, and sets them in front of the stone, and uses the stone-shaped spell to transform the stone into the pattern of the necklace. And then she releases her concentration on the stone so that it becomes silver she places the completed necklace around cora's neck and curtsies to her cousin
0: and cora gives you a proud curtsy back the room sits in awe of this no nobody here knows anything about magic really i'm gonna roll a 1d20 here (laughs) and i roll in that one no one here knows anything about magic (laughs) or specifically selfless magic
1: (laughs) Part of the power in transmutation magic lies in its ability to convert one substance to another, and the changes which are impressed upon the material in its new state can carry over into the old, such that stone could be converted to wood and worked as easily and retain its pattern in stone.
0: Lady Mason will elbow Byron, and Byron will mutter, I'm working on it, Mother. At which point, Gina says, Well, your half of the agreement is met. You no longer have to stay at our house, and the necklace has been replaced, and I guess the rebuilding of the shed was bonus points. Well done, Silfa I can see now your talents are far exceeding our, our expectations of what was even possible.
1: Yes, and in return, your investment will move us forward beyond the path of what people have thought is possible. And I would like to share with you what we have created. And she's going to use the minor illusion spell to basically project images while she is speaking. She's a PowerPoint wizard (laughs) right now. (laughs) So she says, we have constructed a machine, a golem, possible of cutting through the thorns. And she projects an image of
0: Muriel. A small murmur goes around the room, and then Gina says, okay, that's real impressive.
1: For our first project, I have received special dispensation from the regent to test its efficacy. I believe that we should do so by cutting the masons to their former quarries, so that we may enrich the kingdom in stone again.
0: Lord and Lady Mason's jaws both drop, and Lady Mason looks at Byron, and Byron just shrugs. And Lord Mason says, this would be a grand gift that would absolutely get us started. Rebuilding our house and rebuilding our industry. I will gather every thorns cutter we have to keep the path open, if you can get us there.
1: That support will be much appreciated. I think from the maps that I have studied, there are... Two locations of former quarries in this kingdom. One that was used for the construction of the castle, and she motions to the map, and one that was used to construct the Mason estate. For logistical purposes, I think I would like to begin by creating a path to the quarry that was closest to the castle.
0: Lord Mason says, we we wouldn't turn down either quarry. You have our full support.
1: The goal is to get you to both eventually. The one nearest your home would make it easier for you to continue your rebuilding efforts, and and I would like to lend my support to you in that effort as well. However, I don't want to take our creation all the way across town at this time, and that is why I think it were best if we began here.
0: They nod, and Gina says, It's very important to us that we solidify this permanent Semi permanent alliance with House Mason. And Melise says, I agree. We will be providing some resources for this trip in the form of our champions. And the room looks a little surprised. And Melise steps out towards the door and says, Bring them in. And 12 newly armored and armed men at arms come in. And Sophie, you recognize them. They're worker class individuals who have been particularly talented at fighting and have been guarding against Thorn's beasts.
1: I think we had named at least two guards of House Lunari. They were Amazonian snake, python-esque individuals, Bo and
0: Pythia. (laughs) So I think Bo and Pythia are there, and they're snake-like mutations with toweringly tall people, and Clyde and Dale are both there too, as they are (laughs) quite burly individuals.
2: Oh my God! Tell
3: him to hoof it. <laughs> there
0: are several other Not people to there. Not be confused
3: with Chippendale, whose soldier outfits are costumes that come off with Velcro.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're all tearaways. <laughs> they're actually somewhat impressive, honestly, because the interesting tidbit about most of the champions is that they're a, a, on a higher rung than everybody else, and so they don't tend to get mutated much. But House Lunari champions have worked in and around the Thorns. And so the ones that have additional power mutations making them more combat effective are the ones that have chosen to be here. They say, well, we've got a lot of experience around Thorns. So we will defend this Thorns' path to the quarry.
1: We shall begin as soon as possible. I will accompany this group. And while I have more business to attend to today, I think we should start as early as tomorrow morning.
0: Everybody nods, and then they look at you as the person who is in charge enough to adjourn this meeting.
1: Silfa will adjourn the large meeting, and then take a moment with Count and Countess
0: Mason. When you adjourn the large meeting, the twelve champions salute you, and they say, We are at your command, Air Baroness, and they turn and walk out.
1: Silpha curtsies to them, which is not something nobles would normally ever do, and says, and as representative of this house, I want you to know your services are appreciated.
0: Okay, and you can pull people aside for your last bit of the meeting.
1: So I don't know how much of it I want to role-play out, but Sylpha wants to make it clear to Lord and Lady Mason that Lord Mentor may be in need of their support, and that while she never imagined herself in a position to be saying this, that for personal reasons, I would also appreciate your support of Mentor in this decision.
0: They nod, and they say, well, for a quarry and an alliance with House Lunari, we can support Lord Mentor for the short term, and we will continue negotiations into the future. Thank you. And Lady Mason says, and I do hope you'll consider Byron's marriage proposal. He's quite enamored with you, and the family would truly benefit from your skill set.
1: Sylva will use that opportunity to segue, and she actually blushes a little bit when she says this to lend credence to her words, but she says, Lady Mason, I hope you understand that I am enamored of Byron as well, and that you will not put too much pressure upon him. There are likely to be some concerning rumors circulating regarding the events of last night, and I don't know how many will reach your ears, but I want you to know that, well, if anyone were to cause trouble for Byron, I would know about it, and furthermore, if there is anyone who would wish harm to him or his children, I would regard that person as a kind of monster, and I think the kingdom is well informed about how well I am equipped at dealing with such
0: Go ahead and roll me Intimidate with Advantage, because the kingdom is well-informed.
1: Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Selva can be really intimidating when she wants to. Oh, let's see. Intimidation isn't one of my skills. It's just plus two for the charisma bonus, but it is a 21.
2: Nice.
3: Nice. Nice! Black eyes, man. The the black black Mm -hmm. eyes just really get
0: people. Yep. Lady Mason looks... Proud to the level of ecstatic. (laughs) Lord Mason looks a little terrified. (laughs) And Byron looks anxious. But grateful. So our group meets at House Lunari. It is the townhome that Vanessa and Hanzo live in. Mm -hmm. And... Still no sign of Vanessa and Hanzo, but they're very busy. So this is our party getting together to decide what they're going to do or say before they go to the Mentor family meeting.
1: Silva is bringing Scrix
2: with her on
0: this occasion. I
2: told you about Whistles being there, so...
0: So Sable's waiting in the garden when Silva and Jalen arrive at the same time.
3: Jalen is Alabaster White, and you all know her well enough to know that she is shaken about something.
2: Sable is just she's curled up on one of the benches in the garden, looking thoughtful and eyes distant, like she's considering something. And she scoots over on the bench,
1: and makes room for you. Jalen, what's happened? Uh, let's let's all come inside. Yeah. And so she'll lead her friends into the house.
3: And once we get in the room, Jalen takes out Helga's tarts and says, "These are for you all." Um. I have, I have um, something else for each of you. She puts her pack down and she opens it up, and she, she's still like obviously shaken, but she's just not quite there yet. She's like trying to mm-hmm. trying to get to that point, but she pulls out a hand crossbow and twelve silvered crossbow bolts, and looks at Silfen and says, "I know sometimes you get a little tapped out on your magic. I mean, it doesn't happen much, but sometimes it does, and so I thought." This might help you out. I remember showing you how to use mine a few years ago, and you actually seemed like you were pretty adept. Um, I snicked this from the guild. It's used, but, you know, it's nice and broken in. And I got these silvered for
1: you. And she hands them over. Thank you, Jalen. I'm I'm a little concerned that you're, you're arming us. What's going on? She puts up a hand and says, just give me a minute.
3: And she goes back into her bag and comes up with a, looks like a roll of suede and she pulls it out and looks at sable and says i had this made for you it was going to be for your next birthday but let's be honest we're getting ready to do something that you know the gods know if any of us will see our next birthdays so i'm just going to give it to you now and she unrolls it and it's a very long pair of suede gloves that are lined on the inside. The suede is, like, baby butt soft. Like, it is really soft, and it's really supple. And the palms are reinforced, but the fingers are, like, really dexterous so that she won't lose any of Mm -hmm. her finger function on that. And and she says these are soft, but they're also really strong. And they have lacing at the top, so she can pull these all the way up her arm and pull them tight Mm -hmm. and tie them to something else so they never come off. And she said, I thought these might hold up better than the wraps that you usually have. Also, it's winter, and it'll be warmer. And they match Sable's color scheme perfectly.
2: Under the face mask that she wears, you can see, you, you can always tell when Sable smiles. looks at these, and she picks them up, and she touches them, and there is a soft smile on her face. And she looks up, and you can see the appreciation in her eyes. But what comes out of her mouth is, you think we're going to die. I think it's possible. Maybe even likely. I'd like us to be equipped, Sable, as much as we can be
3: so that maybe we don't.
2: She nods, but the solemnity of this gift is not lost on her. I think Silva has a
1: similar look and says, We always understood the risk in this, but I think you might be the most courageous of us all. Jalen almost like swoons with, like, I can't believe you're saying this to me. (laughs) What have you learned since we last saw you that has impressed upon you the gravity of what we're doing? my decision to give you these gifts had nothing to do with
3: this past day i was already doing that she closes her eyes for a moment and opens them and looks at sable and says sable i'm i'm sorry i've given you pronouncements and judgments and made calls on your moral behalf that i didn't have any place to make and i just did something that really points to the hypocrisy of all that i um I saw her. I I met her.
1: Fairy Queen her?
3: She stands up and paces away a little bit because I um I feel like throwing up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sable closes her eyes and leaves them closed for a moment and then she opens them up and says Did you go to her?
1: Fairies aren't allowed to approach you.
2: No.
3: I I was not seeking her out, I was Planning to talk to an intermediary the way we have done. And the intermediary gave me a direct line. Meaning? He had this ball. This, this mm. like crystal ball and I held it and it just showed her to me.
2: And so you met her. So I met her.
1: Sylpha just kind of swallows and goes even mm. paler and is just trying to gather her thoughts.
2: Sable says, huh. And kind of Turns and looks out the window. I made a deal,
3: but it was the conditions were sort of already met. It's a retroactive deal.
2: Sable closes her eyes. I don't know if anyone can see her because she's looking out the window, but her eyes are closed as she said this, and she says, There is absolutely no way that the Fairy Queen would make a deal where the debt had already been paid. What did you give
1: her?
3: I gave her the promise that I would thoroughly consider becoming a fairy when the time comes
1: sylpha's jaw drops which is something i was planning to do anyway i don't know if your idea of thorough consideration is the same as a fairy's
2: Hmm. i wonder what thorough means to an immortal being don't know Without turning around, Sable says, welcome to the realm of the Beholden. Yeah, well, um... What did she give you? She
3: considers Kylan's deal fulfilled, and also agreed to have him informed about that immediately. Also, she told me free of charge that he's alive and still in the human realm.
2: Because it benefited her. I'm sure it did. She's... if she actually looks like that, she's terrible. I would say beyond human understanding. I mean, she's
1: beautiful, but she's terrifying. Self is, at this point, just sitting and staring quietly at her hands. How did your days go? Well, mine has been mundane in comparison. I I fulfilled my obligations to my family, so I no longer have to remain on the premise of the country estate, although I may choose to do so. And I successfully implemented some new magics that I had been working on, and I believe that I have persuaded the Masons to side with Lord Mentor in the upcoming Lord's Council. Additionally, I have offered the services of Muriel to cut the Masons to their quarry. Oh, good. I persuaded everyone that we should begin with cutting our way to the quarry that is closest to the castle. We'll begin work on it tomorrow. I thought logistically that would move us forward along our path faster.
3: Jalen gets out Mia's map and unrolls it and looks at where the quarry is to the castle and she says, well, I don't think we were, had any hope of getting to the castle in one day, so that makes sense to me.
1: That was my thoughts exactly, that it would people would know about our project but they wouldn't know that we intended to move beyond to the castle. And that would also ensure that we have a clear path out too, at least part of the way. Then as a as an end note to all of this, she says, oh, and um, she pulls out the chain hanging around her neck, and says, "Lord Byron proposed to me." What? Like, like proposed, proposed? I don't know. I I think there's more important things to talk about. I'm certain. I mean, there's other things
3: to talk about that might be weightier to the world. But Silpha, Jessica got married.
1: Silpha's <laughs> jaw drops, but then she like <laughs> breaks out in a huge grin. Seriously? Uh huh. <laughs> to Iris?
3: To Iris. They're going on hour eighteen of the rager at Social Lives.
1: So Silfa pushes back and like this is this is like the most hilarious thing she has heard all day. This has really broken the somberness of the mood for like a moment and just cackle laughs. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. There's gonna be another party to save face at, at your your estate. Iris could never hope
3: to do better. Neither could she, in a weird way. I'm hoping she'll get very interested in
1: his end of the family business. I think that's a surety.
3: Lynn and a couple of Pornino champions are headed to the Linaria estate to help protect the Masons, especially Byron and his kids. Although I guess Lynn is coming with us when we go.
1: I apprised Byron of the situation. Well, he has an idea for how to resolve it. Okay. We might mention it to the mentors in our meeting this evening, because if it's successful, it might alleviate a lot of the public distress surrounding fetches. He suggested uh, staging an event where he is rescued from the Feywild.
3: Okay, well, that just means he needs to come with us when we cut our way to the quarry, and then someone goes back with him in tow. That's easy.
1: I think this kind of matter is really Leslie's purview. I think that I thought to ask her opinion on how to carry out such an operation. Yep, she might be a better one to ask. Jalen looks over at Sable and says,
2: Did you talk to Yennefer? Sable looks back from the window and says, We have a much bigger problem. The Fairy Queen's intention is to pull all of Fenrir into the Feywild to keep it.
3: She's over halfway there, isn't
2: she? She's more than halfway there. Yennefer came back because we are so close to being subsumed. We can't wait. We have to break free of the thorns. She could move as soon as tonight. We have run out of time. You
1: want to leave tonight? I at least want to scout. I had planned to do research this evening on previous expeditions to the castle. I would still like to carry that out, and scouting is also a solid plan. It would help in our endeavor to begin cutting our way towards the castle tomorrow. I mean, you just want to find the lay of the land,
3: Sable, just make sure we know our path?
2: Do you want a future?
3: Yeah, I want a future, Sable, but... Jumping a gun could get us killed faster. I mean, yeah, I'm not really betting on us coming back alive from this whole thing, but I'd like to give us the best chances we can. Fuck it. Like, we gotta go tell the mentors what we did. I think we've positioned things as well as we can for them. I'm all for leaving a day early, but leaving at night just seems like we're on a suicide mission.
2: Maybe we are. It is a scouting mission. You needn't come. I could bring Helena. Look, I went through a lot of trouble to get this information. I think I have done all I can in town. And and you learned of
1: Yennefer's goals?
2: Yes, I, I learned of Yennefer's goals, and because of it, the fairy queens. I, I went to the monastery, I retrieved Yennefer's heart, and I returned it to her. What? You went where? To a monastery. This monastery? She points it out on the map. This monastery? Mm-hmm. She nods. What's there? Who's there? Does it matter? Curious. I see where your curiosity has been leading you, Jalen. I don't feel comfortable feeding it tremendously at the moment. She looks down
3: and her jaw clenches real hard, but she doesn't say anything.
2: When I returned her heart, Unifor recognized the damage she was doing with her plan. But the reason behind her plan was not all fruitless. It is true that the Fairy Queen intends to subsume Fenrir. And Yennefer came back because that plan has very nearly come to fruition. Her actions to this point may well have been the only thing holding it back. I don't know. I convinced her to give us time, but we don't have much of it.
3: That doesn't sound like it's hers to give.
2: We either need to find a way out of the thorns to save Fenrir, or we need to turn the most powerful things against the most powerful thing that we know of. The fairy queen isn't the only fairy queen in the land.
1: Oh, no, there are queens of summer and winter. We know from my father that there's
2: an enclave of summer fairies here. And as they understand it, a kind of uncomfortable truce. So what if that truce is broken and a war of the fae realms starts? Then I think we're
3: going to be collateral of that war.
2: So do I. Which is why I think we should find a way out of the thorns as quickly as possible. That means getting to the castle as quickly as we can and finding out what caused this so that we can end the thorns. Or digging our way out. Which, by the way, I have a very strange thing that could potentially help in that regard, but I don't know how much I trust it. Okay.
3: (laughs) It's a little psycho, baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When Jalen gets out Lisa's drawing, she has the copy of the initial map that Lisa made, and she pulls out the map of the caves and says, They made some significant strides. I don't, I mean, it's impossible to know how far, how much farther they have to go, but they found this whole cave system that looks like it branches off to all sorts of places.
2: Fascinating. Well, then I think that it's a good idea to keep them going that way. But I think we shouldn't close off options. To be fair, returning Yennefer's heart doesn't prove that she is not a liar. I would like to know whether she kept her word and changed things at court today. Is your
1: mother back? I did not hear her come in. There's no reason that we couldn't adjourn our meeting now and head to the regent's keep. Yeah, let's get it over
3: with and get back to the estate. I think Sable's right. We We have to start something tonight. I don't like the idea of you just going out there, Sable, like I didn't, if you don't come back.
1: Please, I think any information beyond superficial mention of expeditions to the castle in the past are in Lord Mentor's vault, and I had planned to infiltrate his vault again and take notes on whatever I could find there. If anything, I believe we should try to learn the approach of each of the former endeavors so that we might glean some kind of insight into why they may have failed and prevent ourselves from making those same mistakes. If
2: you can do that in an evening. I can. Well, that gives me an evening to scout. An evening for research. Did the Fairy Queen tell you if Kylan had killed his third mark? She did not. I'm
3: hoping he has not, and we'll get the message that he doesn't need to.
2: It would be beneficial.
3: Oh, we definitely need to talk to this Drossel, for sure, on many levels. What he knows about what happened, what he knows about changelings and why the Fairy
1: Queen's interested in us, how he's managed not to make a choice, what information he possesses that she does not want anyone to have. Yep.
2: Is she giving signs
3: that there's more to it, or is...
2: No, she's looking at the window right now. She keeps doing that. How far away is the castle? If there were no thorns between us and we were walking there, how long would it take? Four hours. So she could probably fly there in an hour. Yeah, watch this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we, we don't know yet that she can fly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Pops the latch on the window and you know, opens it out. Takes a deep breath of the night air outside. Looks back at everybody and says... Not to mention the fact he's apparently my half-brother. What? And then turns into a hawk and flies away.
0: And it's time for Fairy Facts. Today is brought to you by the brownie. If you could see my gut right now, you would know that I like a good brownie. However, this is the Fairy Brownie. Brownies are fairy workers who, for a small fee of food or honey, or perhaps a properly prepared location, will do a portion of the chores in your home or at a flour mill. Brownies are generally short, ugly, and rugged with tatters of clothes or just plain naked. Weak and dumb brownies are called dobbies. Angry and mischievous brownies become bogarts. These fairy creatures can sometimes turn invisible, but not to worry, they're generally nice enough creatures. The trick is not to overwork or overpay them, nor to become overly reliant on their generous nature. If you leave them to do the work, they'll get upset and start causing trouble. If you overpay them or offer them clothes, they'll be offended and they'll leave. Brownies are usually solitary creatures and often have names and stories behind them. Maggie Moloch haunts flour mills at night with her son Brownie Claude. Fenidore was a handsome fairy who was cursed to be ugly, dumb, and naked when he skipped out on one of the local town festivals cumulus has huge ears and a huge nose and its nose is so big he has no mouth and has to stuff food up his nostrils to eat brownies generally seem to be morality tales on how to treat workers a cautionary tale about tipping appropriately in terms of dealing with a brownie well don't be a jerk don't flaunt your wealth let them do whatever it is they want to do for a simple wage of bread and honey okay let's get back to the show
1: Silfa and Jalen share a moment of, like, staring at each other, and then, like, a staring out the window, and a staring at each other.
3: Yeah, I think staring out the window after Sable, and then looking at each other, looking out the window. And Jalen says, did you know she could fly? I didn't know
1: she could fly, although I know she was always trying to train into winged things.
3: <laughs> Pro- processing one after another. Sable can fly. Sable just left. Sable just went to the castle. <laughs> and I think she like she slumps over the windowsill and like just covers her buries her head in her hands and goes, Oh
0: my gods. Oh my gods. Where are you going, Sable?
2: Heading out toward the castle.
0: Give me a disadvantaged survival check.
2: Hmm. Watch this.
0: Hold my beer.
2: <laughs> Hold my beer. You're, you're not, not, going, you're not oh, going anywhere. I rolled a 16 and a 15. Oh, Add good. my my survival on that. That is a 23. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Take that disadvantage survival roll.
0: It occurs to you that if you fly high enough, nothing's going to come out of the tree line and get you immediately. Uh, So you take a really high flight path and you get to the castle without a problem. The castle is wildly overgrown. Yep. The stone was obviously mason stonework, has aged fine. It looks great for a thousand-year-old castle. It's pretty impressive. But the vines have sort of shattered in the windows. Mm -hmm. The roof, which was made of wood and, you know, straw and such, is completely destroyed. It's still standing, like there's a roof on it. But there are giant holes like you would not want to stand on the roof. There's a huge set of front doors to the castle, which have a massive sigil carved on them, Mm -hmm. carved into them and painted over the top. And it looks like there's some sort of magic seal holding Mm -hmm. the front door shut. Other than that, it's eerily quiet, but you see things moving in the dark around the castle.
2: I have hawk eyes. I would really like to see what that is, what those things are, if I can.
0: Roll me perception.
2: Well, normal will get me a 17.
0: There are human-sized creatures roaming around, and you get the impression that there's, like, they're shifters? They're Mm -hmm. heavily devolved people who have sort of found their way Mm-hmm. to this castle or maybe failed to escape it but they seem to be roaming through a maze which was part of this castle it had a hedge maze instead of a moat mm, like the like the mason's estate some of them appear to be carrying weapons
2: are they werewolves no okay
0: lots of like extra muscle horns mutations okay and then every once in a while you'll see something just sort of blink and then there's a massive wolf and it takes something down grabs it in its jaws and blinks again and it's gone that's
2: scary. <laughs> Takes one of these people? Yeah. Damn. All right. Is there anybody that looks remotely human still? No. Is there any way into the castle, inside the castle, if I fly in
0: like through one of the windows? Huge holes in the roof, and the windows were really high up. like They were these big, picturesque glass things way above human height. You can fly through any number of them.
2: I want to peruse the innards, but carefully.
0: Give me another disadvantage survival roll. Oh! Did you roll a one? I did. Oh no. Uh, you you go through a window and are immediately lost. This castle was built by Mason Construction. It is every bit as horrendously difficult to navigate as House Mason yeah. was. You go up to go down. You're struggling to find another window to get out. Mm-hmm. Give me stealth or perception. Your choice.
2: So, yeah, that's still not good. That's a ten.
0: Ten. Okay.
2: (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hopefully it's not going to just kill me outright, whatever it is.
0: So you're flying. These things are not hiding from you, so you'll see them. But you see them when you're near them. Yeah. You turn into one room, and it's a large art room filled with pieces Mm -hmm. of art. It's been destroyed. Like, the pieces of art are pulled down and lying around Mm -hmm. on the floor. There used to be fabric that's all sort of torn up. There are bones just, like, scattered across the floor. Mm -hmm. And there's a big chimney that you could probably get out of, like a fireplace. Mm -hmm. If you went up the chimney, you could probably get out. And as you're sort of doing a little lazy circle, something comes out from the torn up cloth. And there is a gigantic wolf. Okay. Roll me initiative.
2: Oh, shit. Okay. Sorry, folks. I'm going to see if I can't make quick work of getting the fuck out of here. Uh, that would be a 14.
0: Okay. Bad news. Wolf beats you on initiative. Oh, shit.
1: Sylpha looks at Jalen, who has her head in her hands, and says, We could follow. I don't think it's wise. No, it's... I don't know. I don't fucking know,
3: Sylpha. Uh, okay. 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 Okay, look, um, and she, she turns around and sits on the ground, like, with her back to the window, and says, okay, she went to go check it out, she might be back tonight, she might not be back tonight, she might be dead, so we're gonna go talk to the mentors, you're gonna break an enter into their vault, because all of my friends are better thieves than I am, and if she doesn't come back, we have to go, and we'll go in the morning. If she does come back, then great. So for are we still friends? was
1: quiet for a moment. You mean, I consider you my friend, Jalen, and as long as you consider me your friend, I don't see why anything should change. Okay. Do you trust me? I... I don't know. I don't know what you've done. I don't know what ramifications what you've done may have, but it seems to me if there are consequences, there are consequences you will face.
3: Well... I don't have to face them yet, and there's plenty to face right now, so...
1: Look, I don't want to be questioning our friendships now.
3: I don't either. We have a
1: greater task at hand.
3: I will always consider you a friend, Sylpha. It's a lot easier, probably, on my end, because you haven't done a lot of shithead shit, so I have to hope that the same is true of Sable, but just having no place to hold her to that, she doesn't owe me a damn thing, and neither do you. Let's go talk to the mentors. Yes.
0: Okay, so you're a hawk. It is a wolf. It wants to eat you. You are flying and have an advantage here, so it's going to take disadvantage on its attack roll. Okay. It rolls a 10. A 14 to bite you. AC? how uh, AC is... Oh, 13. But you're still going to get bited. Yep. I need you to make a constitution saving throw versus lycanthropy.
2: Oh, that's not bad, though. That's a 19.
0: You get bit, and you can feel this... Energy surge through you, and you fight mm-hmm. it off, but you realize something about this area you've been flying through. It is bathed in permanent full moon moonlight mm. you are you are effectively standing in moonlight as if it is the full moon everywhere that you've been in this building, which yep. explains why none of these creatures have the ability to turn back right, but you fight off its attempt to transform you into a wolf and Take one damage, which knocks you out of your form. Yeah,
2: and down to the ground as Sable.
0: You are now Sable. You're near a chimney with a wolf on top of you.
2: Also, if it bit me, it probably needs to roll against poison.
0: It will do that. Uh, it does roll an at 20 on its saving throw, so... It did not Damn. get enough skin in its mouth to poison itself. You it will take five damage to your human form. Okay. Drops you down, and it is your turn in the initiative order.
2: Okay, so first thing I'm going to do is scream for Drossel. Roll me a d20. Drossel! Oh, that's another 19.
0: A second massive wolf appears at the doorway. This one has weirdly bark-textured skin, and it looks hungrily at you. Uh, What would you like to do with your turn?
2: So I did that. As a bonus action, I'm going to turn into a hawk and fly up that chimney.
0: You can action disengage, bonus action bonus action to turn into a bird and you can be halfway up the chimney as you're scaling up the chimney you hear like scrabbling and like wolf barking and a howl as they try to get into the chimney after you and you come out over the top of the castle into the dark okay. a Disadvantaged survival roll
2: uh, well i rolled two fives oh no okay. so that's a
0: 13 13's not so bad so you come out and put some space between you and the building. I'm assuming you're heading back to town.
2: Yeah, I've seen what I want to see. <laughs> bad, it's bad. <laughs> bad.
0: Bad, bad, bad. Something in the forest gives chase to you. You are able to outrun it, not because it is slow, but because it is big.
2: So I have two other things that I'm going to do this evening. The first is I'm not flying back into town. I'm flying to the monastery. Kay. And when I get there, I will turn human again. I'm going to find an animal for Eleanor Messenger. I'll just say, find them and let them know I am all right. And I will meet them at the Lunaris in the morning. Because I don't want to talk to the mentors. Hmm. Then I will go into the monastery, kind of ignoring the bears, unless they like want to invite me into the hot tub or whatever.
0: <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> late, so the bears are all snuggled <laughs> up inside sleeping.
2: No my ties or anything? <laughs> no luau happening uh, okay
0: <laughs> they go to bed when the sun goes down
2: yeah then i'm gonna find heartrender
0: doesn't look like he's moved he's sitting in the exact same spot
2: well i just walk up to where he is i sit down cross-legged across from him and say i think we have a lot to talk about
0: we are going to cut to the our state minus sable in a different study this time one that's meant for entertaining guests, so you have plenty of room to sit down and stand up and just gesticulate wildly and anything else you want to do. But it's the same crew as last time. So we have Malik Jr., Malik Sr., Harriet Jr., Harriet Harriet Sr., all of you, Miev, who is sort of sitting grumpily in the back corner, Hanzo is actually guarding the door, and Vanessa is in the room. Leslie? Yes, Leslie is also there. Not in disguise at all, just sitting irritated. Malik says, well, it's time for our report. Um, How did the last 24 hours go?
1: Well, first, Sable apologizes for her inability to be here this evening. She had pressing business to attend to. But it's my understanding that (laughs) she learned a great deal about Yennefer and her motivations and was, to some extent, able to ameliorate the situation. So... I believe that some of the immediate turmoil is resolved. However, there is now a larger issue at hand that has come to our awareness. It would seem that we are indeed at war with the Fairy Queen, and uh, her ultimate intention is to absorb this realm into hers, and she is close.
0: Closer than we thought. The room sort of takes in a deep breath. Harriet says the different negotiations went stable. There is a general call for a Lord's Council around security. But there seems to be a general understanding that the rush is dependent on Yennefer, and she seemed in no rush today. So we will likely call the Lord's Council tomorrow.
1: In terms of the Lord's Council, I have secured the support of the Masons. I
3: secured House Evans.
0: Then we are out of immediate danger. We can call the Lord's Council safely. Alex Senior nods and looks quite quite proud of you all.
1: And Sylpha will lean in at this point and say, Though she is not present, you really have to credit Sable. Sable's work today is what saved the day,
0: sir. Harriet went through a similarly moody phase two years ago. She'll get over it, and she'll be back, and she will contribute to this kingdom positively, I am certain. And Malik says, well, we can call the Lord's Council, and we can work on security. And Harriet says, which brings us to the last item of business. Leslie, I have decided to relinquish the Spymaster title to you on one condition. House Mentor still needs the best and brightest. One marriage contract signed immediately this evening, and you are the Spymaster for life.
1: So for immediately, like looks down at her hands and looks pensive and you know there's there's like something going on like she did something Silva then like breathes in and she gets a really resolute look because this offer was not how she anticipated setting things up but as she processes it this is a logical outcome of her meeting with harriet and she stand up and walk over to Leslie and take Leslie's hands and and just look down and say, let me make this easy for you. I believe that I know your heart, and there is only one thing that you desire more than this position, and it is not something that I have in my power to give to you yet. But I could advocate for you to have the position that you want, and so I have done this. I believe that in any choice between... Me and this position. You would always choose your position. And looking forward at a future together, I can only see that causing hurt to both of us.
0: I think Leslie looks down at her feet and then looks up at you and says, you understand me better than anybody else. And I'll always be grateful for that. Thank you, Sylpha. Harriet, you have a deal. And the room falls very quiet. And Harriet says, Well then, this all wrapped up in a nice bow. Father, I'm authorizing these people to explore the thorns at their leisure, as far as they wish to go. Lord Mentor says, I don't think that's a good idea. And Harriet says, And I... I am the Marquis. And you can see, like, Lord Mentor's face sets, and Harriet's face sets.
3: And then they run at each other <laughs> <in> butt heads. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Lord Mentor says, fine. Anything else you'd like to disappoint me with, Harriet?
3: <laughs> Damn, dude.
0: <laughs> and Harriet says, just one. And she reaches under her throne that she's sort of sitting on, this big comfy chair in the study, and pulls out three notebooks. They look pretty old, and she says, "Sophia, these are from my father's vault. They are all we have on expeditions to the castle. Please try not to get yourselves killed.
3: Thank you. This will be a Whoa. boon to us. Jalen's eyebrows shot up under her hair, where her hair used to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, thank you. These will be a great boon to us, and will prevent me from having to go to the effort of getting them myself.
0: Lord Mentor looks wildly irritated.
3: (laughs) Tell us the shade of scarlet that he goes.
0: (laughs) And that, folks, was episode 60. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Our next thing will probably be a recap and Q&A. We are thrilled that you remain fans of the show, and we hope to wrap up this arc here before we hit another 20 episodes. Not sure what season three or book three will be, but stay tuned. What will our characters do about Byron in danger? What happens when our party comes back together? And what will happen now that word is out about the expedition to the castle? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey.
1: Definitely hear litter box picked up. Oh
3: (laughs) (laughs) I fulfilled my obligation (laughs) to my family.
1: Scrape, scrape, scrape. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um
0: I didn't have my book open to this page. Because I was like, assuredly they'll all go to the castle together.
2: Well, I don't tend to stay
0: <laughs> She didn't
2: mean to stay, right <laughs> So it's like, we should research what like, the castle might be like Nope <laughs> I expected it was full of werewolves
0: uh, It is, it is full of werewolves <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really really
0: <laughs> Skrix, get out of the way
3: Skrix, Actually, we're having let's a let's serious conversation here Let's be quiet <laughs> oh, no